to Being Jim Davis, the podcast that can't remember if it was Terry Crews who played that one guy. It was. It was Terry Crews. My name is John Gibson, and I'm Jim Davis. My name is Christopher Winter, and I'm Jim Davis. Christopher, it's Tuesday, April 29th, 1980. We are looking at the 681st Garfield Strip. I'm pretty excited about this one. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear you describe it briefly. John, every non-Terry Crews-related thing you've just said was entirely accurate. Um, In today's Garfield, a highly implausible sequence of events transpires. Okay. Well, that's fairly descriptive, but I guess we'll keep going anyway. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's almost no point in... That was an exhaustive description of today's strip. What else is there to say? In the first panel, John is very clearly preparing a bath for Garfield. That's what he's doing. And he has his eyes closed, dumbass (laughs) shit-eating grin on his face. Uh And he says the following words. I'm making some really great soup for supper, Garfield. Panel one, name drop. Thank you. Garfield. And Garfield. Oh, go on. Go on. Garfield thinks something's wrong here. Mm -hmm. And Garfield is looking on skeptically. Now, let's let's get into detail about precisely (laughs) what John Arbuckle is doing here and see whether his claim to be making some really great soup for supper stands up to examination. (laughs) Um, I think the first thing to point out is that John Arbuckle is nowhere near his stove. No, we've never seen John's stove. Uh, We've seen the oven before. Oh, maybe we have. In passing, we've seen the stove on top of the oven. I don't know if we've ever seen John using his stove. Yeah, I think think we've seen it like in a wide shot, maybe, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. So John is at his countertop. Where, you know, I'm going to use table. the term wide shot in every episode today. I, I, I hope, recommend th- I hope that that's do that. entertaining. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think particularly pointing it out. <laughs> you know, you don't want it to be like some Easter egg that you have to listen to the program multiple times to even notice. Um, being Jim Davis. <laughs> Unlike all of our other, uh, our other Easter eggs. Yeah. Being Jim Davis is not one of those programs that takes on new meaning every time you listen to it. No, it takes you know. on less. Yeah, yeah. It's basically just what you see is what you get. It's a very superficial program. No. So as you were saying, yes, John is nowhere near his cooktop. True. He is pouring some fluid. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll be more specific some liquid Thank out of a you. red bucket uh-huh. into a aquamarine colored basin which is on the counter yeah i was gonna say tub yeah. but i think basin tub, is a, a fair tub. characterization yeah. what kind of basin is it it's a tub <laughs> it's a tub basin yeah that, no that's definitely the kind of basin it is um yeah what temperature is this fluid well 
it's at least warm because we see steam lines rising yeah. from it. Um, I'm going to take it as read that this fluid is water, warm water. Um, I think that I think that's reasonable, mm-hmm. yeah. though not absolutely necessary. Now, John, this is a highly non-standard uh, procedure for making soup. Yeah, I, I I have a lot of questions about the water and its provenance. Uh-huh. Good, let's hear them. So he's got it in a bucket, right? Uh-huh. That that bucket, a bucket which is, you know, essentially the same volume more or less as the as the tub. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Evidently, he poured the water into the bucket out of like the bathtub presumably. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And then brought it into the living room and poured it into the tub. Why not just, like, why use the bucket at all, Right. number one? Yeah. And number two, why not just put the basin tub in the in the bathtub? Yeah, none of this makes like, sense. Like, just, just, just give, give Garfield a bath in the tub in the bath. I mean, okay, if you were doing it in the, I guess, I, okay, okay. Everything you've said is correct. And John Arbuckle has a long demonstrated history of bathing Garfield on the countertop rather than in his bathtub, which is perverse. Mm -hmm. In this particular case, I guess preparing the, let's call it what it is, bath, preparing it in his actual bathtub would make, would cause the illusion of you know, of preparing soup for supper, like, it would make it just even more obviously untrue. Yeah, no, Nobody I mean, prepares I, soup in a bathtub. You use your bathtub correct to cook there, methamphetamine. But, I, okay, I, I guess my thing is, it's not going to make it any easier to give Garfield a bath just because you tricked him into the tub. <laughs> As we see in the third panel, I know this is a bit of a spoiler, uh-huh. but in the third panel, Garfield is struggling. It's he true. does not like being in that tub. It's true. And that's like that's going to be an issue regardless. Yeah. Like and and it is accurate that that he would I guess be suspicious, but it's not like he's going to run away just because he sees you making a bath. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have anywhere you know, to run to. He's just he's stuck in the house. Like, if you bring your cat into the bathroom, mm-hmm. you know, close the door, and start, like, preparing a bath for your cat, uh-huh. the cat's not going to freak out about the bath. The cat's going to, the cat might freak out that the door is closed. Yeah, but, I mean, I would say, you uh, know what I mean? If, if, if you have a demonstrated history of doing that, the cat may yeah. at, at some point associate being locked in the bathroom with being forced to bathe, which is sure. an absurd thing to do to your cat anyway, as we've, con- and, yeah. But, but the other thing is, like, look what a mess it's making in that third panel. I'm just going to describe the third panel. The third panel, John says, bath time. He says it loudly. Uh-huh. Garfield thinks, I've been duped again. Uh-huh. He's holding a finger out, pontificating. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably my favorite part of this yeah, panel. Uh, and he's struggling something fierce. Mightily struggling, yeah. Yeah. And there's and there, there's suds, well, I want to say all over the counter, but... In in true cartoon fashion, there's there's literally two, uh, two suds. <laughs> yeah, four, on the counter. four drops of water yeah. are flying off the tub. 
<laughs> it's going to take John Arbuckle quite a long time to clean up those four drops of water. Yeah, yeah. The, but the the broader point is that like he's just making a mess for nothing. Right. He, well, he, he's making a mess, and he's going to unnecessarily... Unreal, unnecessary, unrealistic lengths to uh, to dupe his cat. Yeah, I okay. Before before we get any further into this, let's describe panel two. Um, All right, fine. John Arbuckle is uh, he's put away the red bucket and he's got a, a yellow like box of let's call it call it what it is soap suds. Oh, you don't think it's seasoning? No, he's it's soap suds, and he's he's pouring them. But he into says the tub. seasoning. He says now some seasoning. He's pouring them into the tub, and he says, "And now some seasoning." Ellipsis. And Garfield says, "I don't like the sound of this." Yeah, he's pretending the soap suds are seasoning. It's obviously soap suds. Um, my problem with this overall, you know, in addition to all the problems we you've brought up already, is. <sighs> If we assume that Garfield is intelligent enough and knowledgeable enough about the human world and human ways for this for this uh, trick to work on him, then he would be intelligent enough to see through the obvious ruse. Well, I think he does. Yeah, but I, I mean, think like, I'm okay. just saying like you don't need you don't need to trick your cat. Like you wouldn't in real life, you wouldn't tell your cat you're making some soup, great soup for supper, because the cat wouldn't understand what the hell you were talking about. If the cat's smart okay. enough to even understand that and and comprehend it, and, and then it's smart enough to see through the obvious lie. That's all I'm saying. I think yeah, no, I I think you're absolutely correct. I think I read this a slightly different way from you in uh-huh. that I don't actually believe Garfield when he says i've been duped again i think i think he knew i think he knew what was going on okay so you, i think he knew what was going on but he was playing he was playing his part you think garfield was playing along this whole time because despite his protestations he actually enjoys being bathed no i, I no 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 I, it's it's not quite it's it's a little bit more subtle than that i think he doesn't enjoy it uh-huh but I think he's resigned to his fate. That's how he looks to me in the first two panels. He looks like a guy who knows what the fuck is up. He knows what's happening. He knows what's happening, mm-hmm. right? He's just he's he's just playing his part because he knows it's going to happen anyway. He knows he can't get out of it. I don't know. He's like, well, I'm in this daily nightmare of a of a of a comic strip. Like, I I have to play this role, you know. It's, it has a much more world-weary kind of mm. kind of depressing quality to it when you read it that way. I guess that's possible. That would represent a character development on Garfield's part because in, in past bath time episodes, he has really, really struggled against bath time and struggled, I think, sincerely. He's run away. He's used violence. Like, he's done everything in his power to resist the bath. I guess if I'm going to go along with you on this, that would represent a kind of dawning maturity in the character of Garfield. Yeah, I think, uh, no, I think you're right. He has struggled sincerely, but what has it ever gained him? You know, he's, he, every time he's ended up having to, to take the bath, you know? Mm. So he's just, he's just become sort of cynical and resigned to it. And, um, 
world weary. I think so. I, I think so. I don't know what you're saying, John, but um, I just don't understand why his tub is so small. I think that's the issue. <laughs> too small. Too, too we, small. Yeah, we both totally glossed over that, Chris. Yeah, that's, uh, that was my wife, Christine, who was looking over my shoulder. Um, yeah, no, you make a good point. The, tub, the bathtub is quite small. Um, it's like it's like so small in the first panel. It doesn't look even physically possible yeah. that Garfield could get in there. No, that, okay, that's a fair point, Christine. We also haven't discussed John John Arbuckle's use of the non-standard word supper rather than dinner. Mm. I presume you have something exciting to say about no, that. No, nothing really. I mean, clearly supper is derived from. Um, the old French, you know, uh, the old English, Middle English word supper, you know, to sup, the verb. Um, you know, it's a reference to the evening meal, typically a lighter informal one. But it's, I mean, it's kind of by 1980, I would say that's become non-standard in American English. And it's, it, and sort of uh, folksy, like rurally. So it's kind of interesting to me that well, John regional Arbuckle, as well, right? I guess, like which kinda, region? It, supper is more of a southern thing, I think. Um, is it southern? Uh, according to southernliving.com, the two terms couldn't be more different, both in origin and in meaning. Oh, okay, there you go. The two terms in this case are supper and giraffe, and dinner. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for clarifying. Though I can, though I, I, I can see why you would think I was going to bring the word giraffe into the discussion. Well, I mean, you said the two words couldn't be more different, and I mean, it's... <laughs> Go uh, on. Huh? Oh, no, no, I'm done. Oh, okay, okay. No, okay, all right. Well, let's not discuss the differences between supper and dinner at great length, then. Um, uh, did I host this one? You did. Sorry, I kind of ran out of steam there. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> You've been listening to Being Jim Davis. Stay tuned after the show for Irma's sex tape. Mm -hmm. My name is... Oh, no. Sorry. God damn it. <laughs> I hate it when you're reading the, t the tagline from the beginning at the end, and then you're... Okay, sorry. I think if you sorry. had just gone on, no Hashtag one spreadsheets. If I was Jim Davis. You can support the show by clicking on all of the links in the description. Thanks. John, uh, in most parts of the United States and Canada today, supper and dinner are considered synonyms. Although supper is a more antiquated term. Now, that doesn't apply in Saskatchewan and much of Atlantic summer, where supper means the main meal of the day, usually served in the afternoon, while dinner is served around noon. Dinner is used in some areas such as Newfoundland and Labrador to describe the noon meal, as well as special meals such as Thanksgiving dinner, for dinner or Christmas dinner. I don't feel like they should explain what supper dinner is, so we just gloss over that. And I think uh, all of our listeners can agree. Uh, fuck Saskatchewan. No, I think that's fair. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. No, yeah. I think that. Anyway, look, if we're going to be in a trade anyway, war, let's not. Episode over. This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.